Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Resilient Together podcast. In today's episode, we're doing something different. We're talking about our Resilient Together summer program, and I'm going to introduce our amazing mentors. Firstly, why should you join the Resilient Together program? Through this, you will understand that our mentors are extremely experienced and talented individuals who have spent years and years to perfect their expertise so that they can pass it on to you. Also, while you are sitting at home and learning a skill, you're also contributing to charity. The Resilient Together Summer program is in support of the VICES and their Education Uninterrupted Initiative. As the world is going through challenging times amid the COVID-19 crisis, which is disrupting lives, industries, organizations, and education worldwide, the Vicarious has taken a stance. But your donation will help provide students who are not equipped with the necessary ICT skills to join their peers in distance learning from the safety of their home. So join the Vicarious, the Ministry of Education, in their effort to initially support 40,000 UAE students through Education Uninterrupted a nationwide fundraising campaign that tackles the impact of COVID-19 outbreak on the education of children and youth in the UAE. So my first guest is Rasha Riaz. She is our instructor for baking. Uh, hi, Rasha. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Hi, Lamia. Um, my, my name is Rasha Riaz, and I'm a 16-year-old high school student in Dubai. I enjoy baking, and baking is actually a passion of mine, and I enjoy doing it in my free time. My uh, mom's a professional baker, so ever since I was little, she's always taught me some tips and tricks to bake. So now whenever I get free time, I obviously help her with baking her cakes, and I also have a profound passion towards baking. Right, and that's how I was going to ask you my next question. So how long have you been doing this, and you know, when did you realize that this is a passion of yours? So I started baking about five years ago, five or six years ago when I was about 10, because my mom had started baking when I was about five. So when she became more professional at it, she used to tell me to come and like watch her icing a cake or making brownies or something. So I always had that interest. Maybe it was something in me, but I always found it very interesting and like more interesting to just bake something because when when it uh, comes out of the oven, I just love icing it and doing different stuffs with baking. Like I love challenging myself to make like new cakes, different ideas, out of the box ideas. All right, that sounds amazing. And can you tell our listeners what will your course at the Resilient Together Summer Program consist of? So in my course, I will be teaching you how to make a fudgy chocolate brownies. Some uh, two different types of chocolate balls. One will be chocolate balls and another will be peanut chocolate balls. I'll also teach you how to make some gummies. Uh, it's much better than store-bought gummies as well as some chocolate chip cookies. All right, that is perfect. Thank you so much, Rasha, for being here with us. And yeah, if anyone wants to sign up, you can go resiliently.co and you will be able to find the registration link. Thank you so much, Rasha, once again. Our next guests are the instructors for the photography course. We have Sophia and Adnan. Hi, guys. And can you guys please introduce yourselves? Tell everyone about, you know, uh, yourselves and photography and how, you know, that is related. 
All right. So, um, hey guys, my name is Adnan Chalawala, and I am one of your instructors for the course alongside Sophia. I am 17 years old, and I am from Dubai International Academy, which is in Emirates Hills. And photography has always been a big passion of mine, and I started taking pictures when one DSLR I found um, in my house a few years ago. And ever since then, it's just become something that I have really grown to love. And I spent a lot of time going out to different places. I've traveled to different countries. I've taken law exposures. I've taken portraits. I've taken many different types of shots. And I have gained a lot of experience in the process in digital editing and just general creative photography. In school, in, I taught in a club alongside Sophia, who actually founded the club, DIA Capture. I was the head of digital editing in the club. And I taught editing for almost a year. So I have a lot of experience with teaching certain components of photography online. Moreover, I have done one event for um, the World Youth Summit. And that's one of my greatest experiences so far. Apart from that, I've had a few of my pictures published in magazines, just Friday Readers Gallery, etc. And I am really trying to grow my base. And I want to pass on my knowledge to you guys as well. I'm Sophia and I've been doing photography for a couple of years and I guess it started um, with phone photography for me because I genuinely consider that a very accessible form of photography and um, I decided to move that into learning DSLR photography say only three years ago but I've done like a bunch of intensive courses and I've learned a lot and as Adnan said, I go to DIA as well. Um, this year, it was very exciting. We got a found, a, I got a found um, a photography club in my school where I would be a part of organizing events. We would, I would be a part of teaching photography. And um, I've also taken photos from many different school events, uh, such as like big ones, such as um, the MUN assembly, which is recognized as the largest MUN assembly held in school in Dubai. Um, and I just, I love photography and I'd love to be able to share some knowledge with all of you guys and teach you some things over this summer. And you know, for someone like me, right, who's not that into photography, I always thought of it to be something very basic. You just take out a DSLR and you just take a photo. But there is a lot of, you know, technical aspects that do, uh, that do, you know, determine what makes a good shot and what doesn't. So can the both of you tell me what is going to be taught at the Resilient Together summer course and how, you know, will you both help the people who come for the course to, you know, cross that path from being just a normal photo taker to actually doing it professionally and, or not even professionally, just making their things or their photos look professional. All right, so I'd say with technical elements, sometimes when you just see a massive list of them, it can be a bit overwhelming. Um, and we expect, you know, beginners for this course, which is why we've started off with the most basic things. We've started off with rules of composition so that that's the main uh, fundamental framework so that even if you want to take photos quickly without, you know, thinking much or applying much, that's the necessary basics. And then we've gone on to add different essential components such as modes on the camera, 
um, white balance. So considering your setting where you're taking your photo, just taking a couple of sec seconds so that you know how to plan photos to get the best out of them. Um, and Adnan, you want to add on to the rest? Yeah, um, so Sophia covered most of it, but I just want to add also, I want to, so just to preface what I'm going to say, I feel like one of the beautiful things about photography and just art in general is that it has a casual component and a professional component. And anyone can do either of those two, but the professional component takes a little bit of skill and a little bit more learning to get to. And that's what we intend to do with our course, you know? We want to help people understand what those little dials and buttons mean. You have the big M, which many amateur photographers dread. It's called manual mode. And you see it at the top of the dial over there. And that's the mode we really want people to master because you have elements such as ISO and aperture and shutter speed, which control exposure. And then you have the white balance. You have so many more technical aspects that can really help you frame the world in your own perspective. And you cannot do that on a phone. You cannot do that on a camera because there's some moments that you really have to capture in a way that's a little different from usual. Honestly, in my opinion, long exposures are something I specialize in which is generally those long light trails and things like that. And those moments, it's not just a snapshot. Long exposures capture more than just an instant. They capture a whole time period. And I find that really beautiful. And I want to teach you guys those skills and those things in the most basic way possible so that you all can pick it up as well. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Adnan and Sophia. Uh, that is all we have for the podcast for the both of you. So yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing all you guys. And thank you, Lamia, for the interview. The next guest is Alia Singh. She is also our deputy head of marketing and a very, um, you know, trusted member of our Resilient Together. So it gives me such great pleasure to have her as the instructor for debate. She's been doing it competitively. And Alia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, my name is Alia Singh. I'm 17 years old and I will be hopefully teaching you debate this summer. Uh, I started debating when I was around 14 years old and I went to my first competition just three years back. It felt like amazing, the adrenaline, the rushes, and still somehow trying to logically create arguments is an art that I had to unfortunately stumble and learn, but I'll be here to guide you through your debating experience. Um, I knew debating was a passion when I started realizing how easy it was to apply myself to modern day problems with modern day like solutions. And competitive debating in general is much different from what we normally do in a classroom, which is something that I've come to slowly realize most schools aren't able to implement due to firstly COVID restrictions, but previously due to timing differences between inter-school. As someone who's been to Gulf debates, I can definitely say that the entire structure of debating has changed vastly from something that is just um, within a school to something that is outside with different schools. And the exposure is insane. When you come across students who are just as smart as you or people who are just as passionate as you, it's something that will completely change your perspective on what it means to have knowledge and how to work through that. And I would really push you guys to come for this course because competitive debating normally goes for up to 100 dirhams or you're going to have to have a debate club. And I know many schools can't do that. Five dirhams for charity so that you can learn an essential skill. I would say that's an amazing deal or offer that I would urge you all to take. Now, 
in the course, right, your course in, uh, of debate at Vigilant Together Summer Program, can you tell everyone what will they be learning or what will they be practicing? So, of course, there will be practice debates that they'll be doing. What are the skills and the different techniques and uh, content that they will be, you know, familiarizing themselves with? I wouldn't do the word learn because that makes it really studious, but what will they be experiencing at the summer program? Right. So there are four speeches that every debate team normally goes through, which will be your first speaker speech, your second speaker speech, your third speaker speech, and a reply speech. And I will essentially be teaching you the format and how to practically research for all of those different speaker roles so that you can, or like the students can find out what better suits their personality. Because not everybody can be a great second speaker, but they can be an amazing third speaker, for sure. Perfect. And um, yeah, that's all that I have. Uh, is there anything you would like to say? Uh, just, I would really urge you all to sign up for this program. It is one of the greatest initiatives that I've come across this summer. So I can't wait to see you all. Yeah. So our next guests are Maria and Tasneem. They are the co-instructors for the Art Summer Program at the Resilient Together Summer Program. Now, Maria and Tasneem are among the four talented individuals um, who will be leading this course. Chesna and Aditi could not join us today, but uh, Marian Tasneem, can you guys go ahead and just introduce yourselves and when did your journey with art begin? Uh, yes, sure. Um, my name is Tasneem and I uh, graduated from Delhi Private School, Dubai. And my journey of art, I have been arting ever since I actually remember. So I think it was two or three years when I was actually started to draw. And I used to scribble on the walls and that's how like I basically like improved step by step. Me and my sister used to like uh, try it all the mediums we get. And it has been really fun for to create new works, what I inspire from my surroundings. Hey everyone, my name is Maria and I've been involved in the art sector for as long as I can recall. I, I actually began by watching my sister's art. I was so fascinated by the way she drew figures and landscapes. So I began with tracing those and then I shifted to copying and eventually creating my own pieces. I'm self-taught in graphite sketching, acrylics, watercolors, English calligraphy, and more. And when we talk about, you know, this passion of yours, when did you guys realize that this is something that, you know, you want to spend a lot of time and effort into because art is not something that someone just stumbles upon and decides that, okay, I want to do this because it's a very important extracurricular that you guys do through art. So when did you realize that this is what I want to do? Um, I personally realized that I would take art as my future career in 11th grade. Like that's when I had to decide what path I should take. So I started to participate in a lot of competitions and I've represented UAE internationally and I've won national competitions too. And I'm self-taught as well. So this gave me a hope that I should take art serious because my teachers and everyone told me that I shouldn't just keep this as a passion. And even I felt that because this is what I'm gifted with. It's not that everyone has born talent, but we could improve and practice and we could like improve our art skills. So it was in 11th grade or two years back when I realized I have to take art as my career. And now I'm enrolled in American University of Dubai uh, doing Bachelor of Fine Arts in Interior Design. Um, 
as for me, I actually never took arts as my main passion. I actually see it as a necessity, a necessity because it's a way to de-stress for me. It lets my thoughts flow. A brush stroke itself can trigger a chain of thoughts or perhaps a shade of color. Nonetheless, it leaves me sorted and relaxed. I realized that I'm actually good at this when people started taking like appreciating and noticing what I did. They wanted me to draw for them. They wanted me to do this for them. And I did lots of commissions for them. And in that way, I felt so appreciated and I felt so supported. And that um, combined with my way of de-stressing really said that this is perfect for me. Amazing. And what is it that you guys will be teaching at the Resilient Together Summer program. Uh, okay, so the course I'm going to teach is our introduction to the um, different mediums, traditional mediums, and it will be fundamentals of art. So I'll be teaching the fundamental art terms, which are used like uh, there are different terms which people come across, and that will be the basis when you know to uh, when you get started with drawing. And I really think the basis of any art is to be honest and truthful to oneself. So I'll teach how you should look at your own work and improve from that rather than just seeing from others' perspective and how to turn everyday objects into uh, design and incorporate it into your artwork. So I'll teach how you can get inspired from objects. And there will be an introduction to traditional art that is all medium, which will include acrylics, oil, watercolors, color pencil, graphite, and charcoal. There'll be an introduction as to how to go with the medium. And if people do not have the proper materials, I'll just give a theory and basis of what they can do ahead and how they can make this time during the uh, quarantine like useful. And how to use references, that is gridding or naked eyes, like how to use reference and draw portraits and how to draw still life. So there are techniques to draw still life and landscapes. So that would be a thing. And um, interpreting famous uh, artworks of their choice. So there will be a um, majority kind of thing. So people like the students who like the most uh, of the artwork, for example, like Mona Lisa or something, would uh, interpret the artwork as to what the subject matter is and the composition is, and will try to recreate it and not replicate. So we'll make something out of it, like we'll try to incorporate that work or technique into ours. Um, well, my course is sort of a prequel to Tasneem's course. In my course, registrants will be learning the very basics to art, a breakdown of how to sketch a human figure and create your own characters. We'll cover hairstyles, body language, outfits, and just a generic idea to prepare you for the following course. And on the other hand, I'll also be instructing on how to script English calligraphy using professional brush lighting pens. I'll teach formal italic calligraphy. However, for those who may lack similar equipment or so, um, or just want to learn a shortcut, I'll give a little insight on faux calligraphy as well. And as for Chesna and Aldi who could not join us today, they will be teaching an intro to digital art and character design on various softwares. 
All right, perfect. Thank you so much to the both of you for joining us today. And I highly encourage everyone to join. In fact, the art program is our most like famous program. There's the most demand for that. So great job, guys. And I cannot wait to see what's in store in the summer program. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Can't you. wait to see all of you. Thank you. Thank you. So our next guests are Alicia and Maher. Um, can you all, can you both go ahead and introduce yourselves? Okay, I'll go first. Um, Jai Jhululal, everyone. My name is Maher Gidwani. I'm a public speaker and I've been speaking on stages for about 12 years now. And I plan on continuing that. Um, hi, I'm Alicia Prakash and I'm 17 years old. I have been a writer for quite a long time. Um, I think since I was like um, six or seven and um, public speaking has just been a part of um, my daily life because I'm very much into linguistics and I enjoy speaking in multiple languages. So, um, yeah. So you both said, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time, but, you know, with academics, it becomes a struggle to balance your extracurricular. So when did you realize that, you know, public speaking slash spoken word is something you want to give more time out of your, you know, uh, busy schedules to? Um, so I think that just because when you're speaking with a lot of people, you get to communicate the ideas or the, the messages that you want to spread. And I think just because of the power of that, I chose to prioritize speaking on stages or writing and speaking out poetry. Um, for me, it's been my uncle's dream to, like, he saw a talent in me that I could read words and I could, um, you know, learn languages and, uh, you know, express them beautifully and, you know, accurately and be as relatable as possible to other people. And he tried to make writing my safe zone where I could, you know, pen down my thoughts and, you um, express them as uh, eloquently as possible. And um, yeah, every time I write, it's, you know, in memory of him so that, you know, I'm keeping his memory alive and keeping his values and his, um, um, all, all the things that he cared about, it, he was the father figure of my life. So, yeah. Perfect. That's amazing. And so what is your course uh, going to consist of at Resilient Together Summer Program? And why do you guys encourage people to join it? Now, uh, we are going to be showing you uh, a set of poets and public speakers. And once you've sort of understood the style that comes with that, and once we talk to you about it a little bit, and maybe once you hear us, then we are going to have you come up and we're going to coach you through something that you're going to share with us. And we're going to give you very effective feedback, which we have both gotten from whatever experiences or qualifications that we have. And we are going to help you get to a better spot with what it is that you're saying. Alicia, is there anything you want to add on or? No, I think Mara covered it. <laughs> all right, perfect. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, joining us. That's all that we have for the uh, public speaking portion of this podcast. So, yeah, thank you so much. And I encourage everyone to join the public speaking um, program at the summer, uh, summer camp because Trust me, these two are so talented and they're so successful and you guys will definitely learn a lot. So yeah, thank you so much.
So our next guests are Abhishek and Nakia. I've been looking up to these people since I can remember because they've always been the most amazing dancers. And at school, they've always been the ones that, you know, we've we've seen as the go-to dancers uh, when it ever comes to representing our school on a higher stage and winning us awards. So it gives me great pleasure to have the both of them as the co-instructors for the Resuming Together Summer Program. So Abhishek and Nakia, can you both go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey guys, my name is Abhishek Krishnan and I'm studying in the Good Shepherd International School in Uti and I'm studying dance professionally at the moment. I just want to thank Lamy for having me over and giving me a chance to mentor this program. I can't wait to meet you guys. Hi, my name is Nakia Shabir and I'm a student at University at Buffalo, New York. I've been dancing since I was eight and uh, I'm so excited for the RT summer program and I'm so excited to meet all of y'all. Perfect. And can you guys tell me when did you start dancing? You know, how long has it been? And when did you realize that it is a passion of yours that, you know, you both want to pursue and continue doing and not just keep it something that you did in high school? So I think it started off around KG2 or grade one where we used to have dance periods in school and whoever danced well could go up on stage and dance. I mean, that was my goal at the moment. I have to reach there on stage. So eventually I did. And then I, I would do small shows in school. And I realized, okay, this is a talent which, you know, I have and people really like the way I dance. And I think around grade five, I joined this company outside school to enter a more professional route. And I kept increasing my levels of dance over there. And, and there was no turning back after that. I realized that this is what I want yeah, to do. I would go to school to be on stage and perform. I used to love performing. And we continued, like I continued performing in concerts, outside school, attending workshops, etc. And can you tell us what will be in the summer course at Resilient Together when both of you are instructing it? What are they going to do and everything like that? Okay, so we're going to be doing a fun body hop routine, which is a mixture of Bollywood and hip hop. And those are my fortes. It's what I enjoy doing the most. And I feel only when both I and the students enjoy will that positive atmosphere be created. So yeah. In the RT summer program, we'll be doing like Bollywood workouts before we start and we'll be doing a choreography on the song Makabla. So yeah, and everyone, we just hope that everyone just has fun with us. So the both of you have been dancing together, you know, as a team for a very long time. And, you know, it is always good to have talented instructors for this course, but it's the best when we have two talented instructors who work very well together and have amazing chemistry together. So can you guys tell us more about that? And, you know, when you both have worked together and the success that's shown. So Lamia has always been like, sorry, sorry. So Nakia has <laughs> always been, that would go again. Yeah. So Nakia has always been like my go-to person in school. Um, in something like dance, it's very important to be passionate about it. And she's one person I know who's as passionate as me. And, I'm not saying studies aren't important, but she always, you know, low-key prioritized dance along with me and any show, any choreography, I'll always go to her first. It's my need your help, we need to get students, we need to I need to teach the section. And she's always there, been there with me. And not just dancing, but we've been competing in a lot of, you know, group competitions together. And by the grace of God, we've always won. And, you know, when you go through that whole experience with someone from, you know, competing and winning and then teaching eventually, it's, it's, it's a beautiful journey. So thank you, Nakia. Thank you, Abhishek. Um, apart from that, we're really good friends as well. So 
we have a really good relationship that way like it's informal and i can tell him anything like there's nothing to you know that anyone's gonna feel bad or anything and uh, yeah all right perfect thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast that's all that we have for the dance uh, portion of it and again if anyone's listening i highly encourage you guys to jo- uh, join the dance course because these are two amazing talented individuals and i'm sure you all will learn a lot from it so yeah thank you so much abhishek and nakia so our next guest is Mohit Bakshchandani and he is the instructor for the coding course. So Mohit, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Tell everyone about yourself. Oh yes, yes, sure. Uh, hi everybody. My name is Mohit Bakshchandani and I'm a A-level student at the Bice College Private School as well as the coding instructor for the Resilient Together Summer Program. All right. And Mohit, how long have you been coding for and when did you realize it's a passion of yours? Yes. Um, I started coding in year nine. Um, basically, when I first started coding, the initial sort of drive was to learn something new. And as I sort of developed my knowledge, like as I went deeper into it, uh, I sort of realized that, yeah, this is the place for me. And and I'm trying to take it up as a future career, in fact, trying to do computer science. In fact, let me tell everyone that Mohit is the web developer behind Resilient Together's website and it is honestly so amazing and the hard work and the effort that you put into your work is so amazing to see. So Mohit, tell our listeners, you know, what will you be teaching them in the Resilient Together Summer Program? And can you also help explain to them that this is, you know, very beginner friendly and how will that benefit them? So at the Resilient Together Summer Program for coding, you'd be learning about the basics of Python. That includes everything from conditional statements to while loops, to for loops, to object-oriented programming. Just in just one week for the price of five rooms, which goes towards charity. And you won't really have to spend these enormous amounts of money that online courses take. And also you'll, you'll like get to know if coding is your passion or not. The course is absolutely beginner friendly. So even if you haven't like, used your computer before i'm pretty sure you will understand what's going on during the course now i know this sounds really it sounds really intimidating however it it isn't it isn't and it's it's really beginner friendly and trust me you will you will love your time so yeah thank you so much mohit thank you so much our next guest is shiza kashif she is also our head of marketing and such an amazing conversationalist so it gives me great uh, pride to talk to Shiza right now. Shiza is our head instructor for the Warped History Summer Program at Resilient Together Summer Program. And, you know, Shiza, firstly, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us, tell everyone about yourself. Right. Uh, thank you for that glowing introduction, Lamia. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Shiza Kashif. I am currently a rising first year student at Williams College, where I'm looking to study political science and well, another major that I'm still thinking about. And um, I recently graduated from high school, obviously, uh, having done the IB program. And I'm really super excited to take on the summer program with all the other amazing instructors this year. Right, and Shiza, you are you know, the instructor of the Warped History uh, course. Mm-hmm. So tell us, when did you know, and how long have you been passionate about history? And when, you know, and how did you pursue that interest in high school or in your life in general? 
Sure. Um, my interest in history, I believe its inception had somewhere around um, elementary school where we first learn history as a subject. We used to cover things like ancient civilizations, like the Indus Valley civilization, the Sumerian civilization, the Egyptian civilizations. And um, I, I suppose that's where my interest first um, grew from. And um, over the last few years, um, while I was taking my IGCSEs, I, my school didn't offer history as a subject, but um, I took on Pakistan studies. Um, on my own, I tried to give those exams and in that I learned a lot about Pakistan's history and even while I was going through just my own country's history, I realized that the accounts of certain events in the textbooks differed greatly from the accounts that are um, known by the rest of the world or the wider world or the world just simply beyond our borders and, and just noticing that discrepancy um, between uh, in, the, in the different perspectives on events that I thought were pretty clear cut or pretty one dimensional uh, in terms of what they meant, um, in terms of who, for example, is the victor and who's the loser in certain situations um, was pretty eye opening for me and uh, made me see history in a whole new light, which is why when I came into the IB, I took up history at the higher level um, as a subject. And uh, over the last two years, that's what I've been doing. And that's where my interest in history really, really solidified because I got to see all these different events um, in, in all, um, in multiple dimensions, in multiple different uh, ways, um, and ways that maybe if I just, you know, read a description in one textbook, I wouldn't have really gotten to explore. Um, and really just like the whole multidimensionality of the experience, um, of learning history inside my classroom. I then took that interest beyond the classroom. Um, I read a lot of books on history, uh, be it like huge encyclopedias or ones that are perhaps more niche in nature, focusing certain events. Um, so uh, that is where I am right now. And that's amazing, you know, because even for me, for example, I didn't give um, IGCSE for history, but it's still mm -hmm. something that I'm really interested in, something that I read up about a lot. Mm -hmm. And tell our listeners what is included in the course at the summer program and why do you mm -hmm. think that is um, a course that they should choose and they should come to because, you know, yeah. uh, it's something that they could read about. So what is different yeah. in this course? Yeah. yeah. Um, the way that I sort of curated the course for the work history program uh, for this summer um, it's quite personalized and it's honestly quite personal generally just to me because um, I realized while I was going through all the history syllabus um, at school, um, even, uh, you know, what, what's available on the TV, it's mostly narrated from a very Eurocentric or Western-centric uh, perspective. And you don't really get to see the full spectrum of perspectives that um, comprise history as, um, as a discipline. Um, and um, I believe in, in the course, and in the kinds of topics that we are going to traverse through the Warped History Program, um, you might have noticed that the focus is a lot on the history of what people like to call the Global South, even though that term is problematic in multiple ways. But um, I made sure to make the history syllabus in a way that you get to learn about the histories that are not often represented in mainstream media or mass media, um, or at least not to the depth um, and to the coverage that it should and that it deserves to have. Um, so um, certain events that uh, have conflicting accounts, uh, such as the partition and the independence movement of India, um, certain uh, historical periods and historical re uh, and regions whose histories um, have um, had a formative 
impact on the world order that we see around ourselves, um, which is spiraling out of control, <laughs> if you've read the news uh, lately, but um, that, that the histories that really aren't talked about enough and, and, and you know, their roles and how the world is today, uh, I tried to feature those in there, but also um, certain lighter parts of history um, that relate to uh, things that are, are more cultural in nature rather than political, um, although those two do intersect often. Um, it's just trying to create a more inclusive um, syllabus for history that you might not find inside your classrooms and you might not find inside your textbooks uh, because most of that's really standardized um, and often quite European or um, as of late more um, America-centric in nature. So um, I believe like as somebody who comes from um, a, a country that experienced colonialism and you know all, all, all the uh, tropes of being a post-colonial nation, uh, it, it's really important for us to embrace history as not like a subject um, that is handed down in dusty books and huge volumes of encyclopedias from the West, but also something that we have uh, within ourselves, uh, something that we should delve into more um, in our own regions and in, in our own cultural and historical, uh, in our own legacies. So uh, that, that's what I tried to represent in the course, in the syllabus. And uh, besides just the topics that we're gonna be talking about, um, I also wanted to make these um, sessions more interactive and less hierarchical in nature. So I'm not your instructor, I'm somebody who's just going to be prompting the discussion forward. And it is you, your opinions, your perspectives, the, the cultural memory that you're coming from um, that are framing your opinions on the things that have happened in the past and things that are connected to that past right now and the present um, and, and just trying to um, open your or broaden your minds um, about what happened and um, how what's happening today is linked to what's happened in the past. So I'm not like, you know, you're, you're all knowing guru because I'm honestly learning myself, uh, but I will be there to guide you, give you some facts, and then we can have a discussion rather than uh, a lecture on those topics. That's amazing, that's amazing. And I highly encourage everyone to come for the summer program, uh, the, uh, the history course, because I genuinely think that, you know, with what you said, it is something so interesting, something that definitely needs to be spoken about more and there needs to be mm -hmm. more conversation about. And that's all that we have, Shiza, for the questions. Thank you so much. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you want to say to the people listening right now? Um, I would just say that um, you have this time right now on your plates to delve into things that you probably don't on a regular day, um, on a non-quarantine day. So make sure you capitalize on this opportunity as much as you can, because um, these sessions, unlike most summer programs, are led by young people, young folk who are super um, talented and super passionate about what they're teaching you. And we're not really getting anything out of it. It's done on a voluntary basis. So we're all really just there in the spirit of learning and the spirit of sharing the things that we love to do with others. So I hope you guys do register for the summer program. And I hope to see you um, in the history session super soon because it is going to be great amounts of fun. And, uh, you know, we're just going to break up the course in a lot of different ways, including watching movies, um, you know, looking at songs, um, and, and then looking at some of the, I suppose, more drier parts of history, just a little tiny bit. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really great fun. And uh, thank you, Lami, for having me on today. Um, that is all that I have to say. Thank you for your question. Everyone. So our next guest is Sahil Kaul. Um, Sahil, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey guys, my name is Sahil. I am 16 years old and I study at DPS Dubai. I've gone to about 
22 IMUN conferences where I've served in the Secretariat about four um, times. And Sahil, when did you, like, how, for how long have you been doing MUNs? And when did you realize it's a passion of yours? Because even now, you know, even because of COVID-19, as virtual MUNs have become so successful, I see that, you know, you, you've done so many of those as well. So it's not just something you did when school was on. So when did you realize that this is a passion of yours? Mm -hmm. So I've been doing MUNs for about two years now, back in 2018. And I realized it was a passion after my second conference. That's where I started going out of my way and researching more about international relations. And that's where I found out that MUN is my true passion and I actually want to pursue a career in international relations and law. So about two years ago, and now you can see me even during this pandemic, every weekend or so, I would be attending a different conference. That's amazing. And, you know, MUNs, how have they benefited you? You know, you've created friends from other schools, grown your network, and tell everyone about that, you know, just the benefit of attending an MUN in general. In all honesty, in all honesty the benefits for attending one Modellion conference are literally countless. You get to improve your network, you get to communicate and meet new people, you learn how to be a better diplomat, you learn how to be a better leader, you learn how to be a better researcher, you learn how to be a better orator, of course. And the sheer, the sheer advantages that Emion has given me and how it shaped my personality, I'm truly grateful for. Emion provides any high school student with so many learning opportunities and so many new skills that going to require for the rest of their life and it just amazes me till this day and i completely relate with you because i've i'm also someone who does emuns a lot and i can you know vouch for everything you just said so can you tell everyone what will you be um what will the course at the resilient together summer program for mun consist of and what will you be you know helping them uh, master right so resilient together in the mu in the model united nations course I will be going over all the know-hows of a model UN conference from the introduction to MUNs to how to do your research properly, position papers, resolution writing and debate, of course, making constructive and comprehensive speeches, different points and motions and the rules of procedure, a crisis, and lastly, we'll, we will be having a simulation. And also for the delegates who are already experienced, I will also be offering a one-on-one -on -one personal meeting where I'll be teaching them how to go about pairing interviews and how to basically ace those interviews as well. And I myself have given an interview um, to Sahil for an MUN. So I'm sure Sahil, you've taken so many interviews that you've pretty much become an expert in the what like the nose and what should people should do. So anyone who's just saying right now, I would highly urge you all to join the MUN summer course. Um, Sahil, is there anything you want to add on? Otherwise we're done. Um, no, just I'm really, really looking forward to seeing all of you there. No matter how experienced you are, there's always room for improvement and learning. So I really hope a lot of you join this course. Thank you. So our next guest is Mishita Kiara. She is the instructor for the drama course, the Resilient Together Summer Program. Mishita, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? You know, tell everyone about yourself and your history with drama. Okay, hi, my name is Mishita Kara, and I'm studying in Dubai College Private School and I'm currently in year 12. 
and I started drama when I was nine years old with Act Four, and it started it started at a very nice uh, stage. You know, we started doing monologues, and it was just normal improvisation. And then, uh, by the time I was ten, I was performing on stage. Uh, my first very show was with my cousin Mega, and we performed a monologue and a duologue. And then Act Four became Hive, and I started giving my Trinity exams with Hive. So Trinity levels for speech and drama usually have eight levels. I finished till level five and now I'm training for level six and I will finish till level eight by the end of the next two years. All right. And can you tell me why did you get into drama, you know, and when do you realize that it's a passion of yours? Because I know you personally, you are so interested into drama and there you do spend a lot of time you know, balancing your academics and extracurriculars, including extracurriculars like drama. So when did you realize that you want to spend more time and effort into it? So the first time I went on to stage in front of an audience, I I was like full of stage fright. I forgot my lines. I, I had to like improvise on what I was saying. And it, it became really hard. And that's when I thought, okay, no, I can't do drama. It's not my thing. But that's when my teacher came in. Okay, his name was Jimmy Sir. And now he's in Canada studying his own drama over there. And he, he stopped a lot of things for me. He stopped my fidgeting. He stopped uh, telling me to think that I can't do drama because of stage fright. He, he never believed in stage fright. He said stage fright is nothing. So he was the one who got me into this. And then when he got me into this, it was just unstoppable. I couldn't stop doing drama. When I went up on stage, it became like my thing to talk to people, to talk to a crowd, to not be shy when I talk to a crowd. It, he, I think he was my biggest mentor until date is like, I could still message him and talk to him and ask him about his drama courses. And I would, he is my biggest mentor till today. So I think it's him of who, because I started doing drama. And you are the co-instructor for the uh, drama course that we're doing together summer program along with your cousin and, uh, you know, partner in crime when it comes to, you know, doing drama. You said you started off with her uh Mega. Yes. so tell us what is included in the course that you will be instructing over the summer program so in this course uh we're gonna have basic improvisation so just as we'll give you situations that you'll randomly be put in and what would you say how would you just make up a situation to talk in like that and then we'll be just improvising on voice modulation of how to speak in stage whispers and as loud as you can in front of a thousand people crowd. Then we move on to choosing prose pieces. Now choosing prose pieces is a very important aspect of drama because if you're not compatible with what you're going to speak in front of hundred people, you will never be able to go on stage and speak. So according to what people like and how they believe that they'll be able to perform. So since it's like maybe a beginner for a lot of people, this is just a beginner drama course. So if it's a beginners for a lot of people, they should be comfortable with what they're speaking. Putting out of your comfort zone will come a bit later in stage. Then we're going to, with the voice modulations that we taught them in the first aspect of the drama course, we're going to enhance those voice modulations in the prose pieces that they chose for themselves. And then add the dramatic effect to it in the sense how they would be doing it if they were doing this in real life like what movements what physical aspects of theater would they use and lastly we're going to have um, something called show day show day is basically when you portray your piece on zoom obviously but right now as you were performing in front of a thousand people 
So we're going to try to make them feel like they're performing in front of a crowd of thousand people, but they're just performing on camera. All right, perfect, Nishita. That's so amazing to hear. And if there is anything that you know you just want to leave the listeners with about the drama course or about what they can expect, uh, like what do you want to tell them? I feel like they should just come with an open mind and just a desire to learn. And I feel like if they just have that and the little, just a little interest for drama, then I feel that we can go a big way with that. That is the end of our podcast. There was one more course that, unfortunately, our instructor Anais could not be here on the call for that um, on time because she lives in Montreal. However, I want to assure you guys that we are still going ahead with our friend summer program. And if you want more information on it, I will give it to you. Um, Basically, for the French Summer Exchange program, I wanted it to be someone who was native to the language, who spoke it fluently and can help students who are not native speakers to, you know, bridge the gap between what we learn in school and being able to speak the language fluently. So we're going to be focusing a lot on listening and speaking it's not going to follow the format that you do in school you're going to be more conversational you're going to be talking to people who are actually you know french native speakers like i said before and it actually is going to help a lot because i personally i've been a french student and if you ask me to speak french i can speak it pretty well but i need more practice to be um you know to be on that fluent level also, a lot of people I know uh, prepare for DELF exams and DELF listening and DELF speaking is a little bit more of a higher level because um, especially if you're applying for B1. So if you're a student who's done A2, then if you want to apply for B1, this can definitely help you a lot. Even if you're not planning to do any French exams, um, I still definitely recommend this. I would say that this is not for people who just started in French. So if you are in grade four or grade five, so if you're eight to 10 years old, I would not recommend this course because you do need to have a little bit of a knowledge in French to go ahead with this. But otherwise all other grades, if you're from grade six and above, go ahead, apply. The course instructor is the most amazing and sweet person and you guys will have a lot of fun So yeah, that's it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully see you all at the Resilient Together Summer Program. Also, I want to say uh, a huge thank you to the bikers recently decided following us, which may I add is super cool. And it's always amazing to have that recognition. And everyone at the bikers, Aisha, Miss Aisha, who I've been speaking to is so helpful. And I'm just so excited to see, you know, how far this project goes and for us to raise money for the Education Uninterrupted program. So go ahead, register, donate, and make a difference. Thank you all so much once again. This is Lamia Bhatt, uh, founder and CEO of Resilient Together. You can follow us on Instagram at resilient.together, and see you all there. Bye-bye.